Welcome to the Guardian Mindset Podcast presented by attorney Eric Daigle. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Guardian Mindset Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the navigating the intersection of freedom of speech and video recording in law enforcement. We've, we've tailored as capturing the truth. We're going to deal with issues specific to First Amendment recording, and that requires us to, have, to talk about a review of laws specifically back, backing recording police and specifically dealing with the issues of recording police. Now, this comes in many facets. You might see it in First Amendment auditors. You might see it during a traffic stop. And the reason this comes to a light is because on February 7th, 2023, the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals issued a decision in a case called Sharp versus Winterville Police Department. This was specifically about uh, analyzing whether live streaming an incident uh, was going to be a First Amendment application. Uh, and so in a recent opinion, the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals established that their position on the extent to which First Amendment protections extend to recording and live streaming officer interactions. In the Sharp case, the court considered the First Amendment right for a passenger to live stream their own traffic stop. After issuing this opinion, the Fourth Circuit became the second even-numbered circuit and all the odd number circuits that uh, that find it a right of citizens to record police and now to live stream police is a clearly established law. Now, in order to deal with this, we're going to have to jump back and do a little bit of review. And we dealt with this in other podcasts before, but I want to make sure that we focus on the application of the Fourth Amendment protections specifically around using uh, recording police. And this is not a new issue. This is an issue that's been around for a while. This is an issue that uh, that really started in the mid-2000s, 2015, and the area was one of the, the main areas. In fact, we're going to talk about a case called the Glick decision. And the Glick decision uh, was one of the first, and there's a 2010 decision, was one of the first decisions that identified the citizen's right to record police. So let's talk about it in a different couple of, of aspects. First and foremost, we should at this point understand that citizens have the right to record police. Um, now, there are some nuance issues, specifically when it comes to First Amendment auditors. And a lot of you have dealt with First Amendment auditors. And in, in the last, you know, five years, especially before COVID, individuals claiming to be First Amendment auditors, auditors have been challenging police and gaining media exposure by filming inside of various public spaces. As a result of these phenomenons, many agencies have evaluated how to respond to these so-called auditors. Um, many of these uh, encounters do not escalate. However, just watch YouTube any given day and many of these encounters have become challenging for law enforcement. There's, in, in a two-part series that we put out back in 2002, we dealt with the cases that break down uh, the rights of First Amendment auditors and how the law uh, that is interpreted and what officers need to know about that. What can officers do moving forward? Um, in this situation, we're going to begin by defining a First Amendment auditor. 
and then we're going to move it from the First Amendment auditing phase to the traffic stop live recording issue, which is really what we're here to update you on. And that is the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals came back and said that uh, a Facebook Live uh, was a First Amendment right to citizens during a traffic stop. Um, so let's talk about audits just to make sure we're on the same page. I can't say it uh, any clearer and any more directly as long as they're in a public place and they are not harming anybody or violating any law, leave them alone, right? That's what they want. They want you to challenge their application. So let's define a First Amendment auditor. A First Amendment audit is a form of activism where an individual seeks to exercise their First Amendment right. The audits can often take place in public spaces such as libraries, post office, beaches, town halls, police and sheriff's departments, fire departments. The crux of the audit focuses on the auditor's right to openly film law enforcement personnel and other public officials. While citizens have recorded police officers performing their duties in public for years, officers should be prepared to deal with two contemporary issues related to the recording. First, first officers and police personnel should be prepared to deal with First Amendment auditors who may visit their police department, town hall, or other town facilities. Second, officers should be prepared to deal with citizens who record them while performing their duties in the field. In both instances, the recording is not usually passive, meaning the recorder takes an active role in engaging with the personnel, challenging them on applicable laws, and in some cases, attempting to escalate the situation in order to garner support for their audience or followers. Listen, they're making a YouTube video, but let's not give them the right to do so. So this all comes under First Amendment implications. The First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution provides that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right to people peacefully to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. This First Amendment uh, application further complicates how to handle these auditors because they may not actually break the law. So in order to fully understand the law, the clearly established law regarding the right to film public officials in public places, you have to go back to the first case in 2010 called Glick versus Cuniff. This case came out of Boston. So many of the U.S. Court of Appeals cases have ruled and the U.S. Department of Justice has taken the position that citizens have a First Amendment right to film police performing their duties in public. The case of Glick versus Knopf is one of the most influential and often cited cases in this line of jurisprudence. It is actually the first one that started the odd, the odd numbered Circuit Court of Appeals to fall in line in this concept. In this case, Boston police arrested the defendant, Simon Glick, when he recorded an incident with his smartphone where officers were taking another individual into custody in the Boston Common. Glick was charged with violating the wiretap statute because at that time, Massachusetts, it still is, is one of the 13 states where there is two-party wiretap applications, meaning that both people, both entities have to be aware that the taping is occurring. So Mr. Glick was charged with the violation of the wiretap statute 
and disturbing the peace and aiding in the escape of a prisoner. Not really sure how that happened, but all charges were subsequently dismissed for lack of probable cause and a lawsuit was filed pursuant to 42 U.S.C. 1983, alleging a violation of, the, of his First Amendment rights. This case settled, but it was determined that if the police are aware that they are being recorded, it's not unlawful for a citizen to film law enforcement officers in the discharge of their duties in public places. The First Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that a citizen's right to film government officials, including law enforcement officers, in the discharge of their duties in a public space is a basic, vital, and well-established liberty safeguard safeguarded by the First Amendment. The court further advised that such peaceful recordings of an arrest in a public space that does not interfere with the police officer's performance of their duties is not reasonably subject to limitation. As a result, the court concluded that we see no basis in the law for a reasonable officer to conclude that such a conspicuous act of recording was secret merely because the officer did not have actual knowledge of whether audio was being recorded. Notably, the court determined that this state of the law was well established at the time of the arrest and therefore denied the officer's claim for qualified immunity from Glick's First Amendment claim. Now, what we do know is since 2010, other courts across the country have determined that citizens have a right to record law enforcement personnel performing their duties in public. Some courts have even taken it one step further, ruling that secret audio recording of law enforcement officials performing their duties in public is protected by the First Amendment, subject only to reasonable time, place, and manner restrictions. Now, there's a whole list of cases that identify some of the clear areas that we want to talk about, but we started with the first one, which is Glick, and then we're going to move on to the end, which is the new case. But there's a couple of major points that we want you to take away from this overall application. Now, all of you should have a recording police policy. Hopefully you do have that. And if you don't, it's time to have one. But the recording police policy will specifically address the issue that uh, of what the law states, which is that the public has the constitutional right to record law enforcement officers in the performance of their duties as long as they are not interfering in those duties. So the key phrase, obviously, is interfering. And the definition of the word interfering is also important to that application. Now, understand one thing. This may seem one-sided to you right now because we're talking about the citizen's right to record. But remember, that citizen's right to record also gives us our right to record, law enforcement's right to record, which is that's where law enforcement gets the right to record through wearing body-worn cameras. If it's good for them, is also good for us. So what are the couple of the major points I want you to, re want you to focus on as we move to specific details? The First Amendment audit is a form of activism where an individual seeks to exercise their First Amendment rights. The audits can take place in public spaces such as libraries, post office, beaches, town halls, police and sheriff's departments, 
fire departments, and other places. Law enforcement should be prepared to deal with First Amendment auditors and that they constitutionally have a right to film law enforcement at certain times. Now, one of the recommendations that I would make to you when you're dealing with somebody in your jurisdiction who may be posing as a First Amendment auditor is when you interact with them, because you will get calls for service when you interact with them, I would just start out with that. Be clear to them because they're going to be recording you that, yes, listen, I'm well aware that it is a First Amendment right for you to record in public spaces, in government officials, well aware of that. Just checking in, want to say hi, make sure you're good. All of those things are okay to do. You still have a citizen contact with the individual. But really what they want you to do is tell them that you don't, that they don't have a right to do it. And since you can't do that, we want to make sure that you clarify that right off the bat. As we said to this point, many of the U.S. Court of Appeals, that would be all of the odd number Court of Appeals, and now two of the even number Court of Appeals and the U.S. Department of Justice have ruled that citizens have a First Amendment right to film police performing their duties in public. There are restrictions that outweigh a citizen's right to film. Be aware of that. Like they don't get full carte blanche, but it's very, very limited, right? Time, place, and manner restrictions. So what are the restrictions that might outweigh a citizen's right to refilm? Well, public safety, public safety. But, but sometimes we use that public safety as a sword or a shield. So let's make sure that it's truly a, sub, a public safety situation or statutes uh, or laws that outweigh First Amendment rights in their application. Now, as we focus on these issues, specifically those dealing with recording police, we want to focus on the fact that since 2010, so we're going 13 years, um, there has been a significant amount of interpretation in these areas and significant amount of application in these areas. So as we move to the second part of this, some of the recommendations that I would have in dealing with First Amendment auditors or civilians who have the right to film, I would recommend a few things. Well, as, as a basis, agencies and departments should be prepared to deal with these people in a constitutional sound manner. Uh, as I talked about, agencies should have and should review applicable policies to ensure that they pass constitutional guidelines and focus on providing training to officers relative to those policies, while also adequately supervising personnel to ensure compliance. In particular, agencies, departments, offices should consider the following constitutional sound, constitutionally sound strategies. Number one, maintain courtesy and respect and be tactful, right? That, that, that's the key here. Remember, this is a video that's going to go on YouTube. Uh, it's going to go into social media. Remember that most agencies' rules or regulations provide something to the effect of officers shall not be discourteous or inconsiderate to the public to their superior officers or to their fellow officers or to employees of the police department, as well as to other law enforcement or government agencies. They shall refrain from using profanity, derogatory comments, ethnic or racial slurs, or any other type of demeaning statement or comments. They shall be tactful 
in their performance of their duties and are expected to exercise the utmost patience and discretion, even under the most trying circumstances. I will tell you a little side note. Every once in a while, I do get calls from departments that have police auditors, especially when this was a new thing. And they'd say, Eric, hey, we have an auditor in the lobby. Okay, well, what can we do with them? Nothing. Well, what do you mean nothing? They're recording. Well, is your lobby public? Yes. Well, that's a public place. They can record. Well, Eric, they can see into dispatch. Okay, by shades. So they can't see into dispatch. Well, we should be able to kick them out. Well, I always love when they say, yeah, but they, we interview, we might have to interview a victim. Who interviews a victim in the lobby? Bring them to the, to the interview room. Do it the right way. One of the things we know is that the requirement of maintaining courtesy, respect, and t- being tactful applies to nearly everything that officers do and is not necessarily specific to only those encounters with First Amendment auditors. Officers should be reminded that the strategies should set the baseline for all encounters. Now, one of the things that we want to focus on is what the court said. We know that dealing with auditors and individuals who are going to court you can be particularly challenging when officers are faced with personal insults or derogatory comments. However, the courts have previously advised in our society, police officers are expected to endure significant burdens caused by the citizens' exercise of their First Amendment rights. What are a few more sound strategies that we'd recommend? Never sacrifice officer safety or the safety of others. Be smart. Officers are not required to ignore illegal activity. The Supreme Court ruled that the presence of probable cause for an arrest defeats a First Amendment retaliatory arrest claim as a matter of law. The mere fact that someone is recording does not forgive them of all criminal transgressions. Pay attention to behavior and conduct, not necessarily the recording itself. Officers should remember that the mere fact that someone is recording them does not immunize them from being charged with their criminal act. If someone is committing a crime or a violation, officers can take the appropriate action in connection with the conduct or behavior. Frequently, officers run into an issue where they focus on the act of recording itself. However, officers should be careful to pay attention to the conduct and behavior of the person recording them. For instance, if someone is committing a disturbance, but they are recording, officers can take action to charge the individual with disturbing the peace, but should be sure to make it clear in the police report what conduct and behavior the person was engaged in apart from simply saying they were recording to justify the charge. Reasonably contemporaneous orders may incidentally restrict recordings. One of the things that we know is that it is important because police can restrict individuals filming law enforcement while performing law enforcement duties if a reasonable officer would believe safety is at risk. This is a high standard. It's not a go-to. It's a high standard. So you got to be careful. When the court issued its ruling in Glick, most citizens assumed that they could film police performing public duties without any limitation. But the courts have highlighted that citizens can film officers carrying out their duties, 
even during a traffic stop, unless a police officer can reasonably conclude that the filming is interfering with public duties or police duties. If an officer has a safety concern about him or herself or others based upon the conduct or behavior of the person recording them, then the officer can certainly order the person to move from the immediate area to an area from which they can safely record. For instance, using the fact pattern in the Gorecki case, it would be reasonable for the officer to order Mr. Gorecki to move into the parking lot so she could safely record from that location. Likewise, in the situation discussed above, where the local politician recorded and challenged the officers during the course of the motor vehicle stop, it was reasonable for those officers to order her to move onto the sidewalk. In that situation, the officer specifically advised the politician that since the car was being towed, a tow truck would arrive shortly and they wanted to ensure her safety while the vehicles were moving. In such instances, the officer's order should not address the recording itself, meaning that the appropriate order is not stop recording. Rather, the appropriate order would be something along the lines of, you can continue to record, but you need to move onto the sidewalk in order to ensure your safety, since there are moving vehicles on the roadway. Provide identification upon request. In a lot of these situations, the auditor or the people filming you are going to ask for your name and badge number. Give it to them. It is your name. It is your badge number. Politely provide your name and badge number. This, this should be done in all times unless if it's not reasonable, practical, or safe. But it's part of the gig. Conspe consider speaking with witnesses, complainants, and victims privately. If you're doing your job, which means that you have to interview witnesses, complainants, or victims you have to worry about the privacy implications of having First Amendment auditors present in the department lobby when witnesses, complainants, or victims come in to discuss sensitive matters. It is important for those individuals to feel safe, and it's best advised that in all cir circumstances that they be escorted to an area where private conversation can be had. Many departments are equipped with a room where officers or investigators can meet with witnesses, complainants, or victims and those areas should be utilized to ensure privacy and confidentiality. Attempt to diffuse the situation. You know, and my best advice at all times is make sure that you do your best to attempt to diffuse a situation. The best way I can say it to you would be this, would be this is going to be a video which, gonna, which is going to be online, right? Which is going to be in... Uh, on YouTube or in social media, the one thing I want you to pay attention to is what do you want it to look like? What do you want to look like? And think about that as you're in the midst of the recording incident. All right. So now let's focus on where we, where we started with and where we want to end. Sharp versus Winterville Police Department, a February 7, 2023, Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals case. In Really what the focus of this case is, is navigating the intersection of freedom of speech and video recording in law enforcement. So this incident occurred in 2018 when two officers from the Winterville Police Department stopped a car in North Carolina. 
The stop was routine in nature and stemmed from a motor vehicle infraction. At the outset of the stop, the passenger, Dijon Sharp, began live-streaming the encounter on Facebook Live. Officer Helms and Officer Ellis informed Sharp that while he was free to record the stop, he was barred from live-streaming the encounter on the social media site. The officers claimed that they were concerned for their safety, as real-time data and location services are implicit in live streaming. Refusing to comply with the officer's request, Officer Helms reached inside the open window of the passenger side door and attempted to grab Sharp's phone. The officers threatened Sharp, insisting that his refusal to end the recording would result in arrest. Now, as a result, Mr. Sharp turned around and sued Officer Helms in his individual capacity, along with the town of Winterville, under 42 U.S.C. Section 1983, asserting that the town's policy prohibiting live streaming and recording one's own public encounter with police officers was an infringement on his First Amendment rights. Now, I remember when this first came out and it went to the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, I actually put out a social media post on this to say, hey, what do you think? We know that courts across the country have held that recording police was clearly established constitutional right of citizens. Did you think that live streaming the encounter was going to also fall under the category of clearly established law, uh, clearly established protected First Amendment law for citizens? Now, I got to be honest with you. The live streaming definitely opened up a new area. I do agree with the officer's argument in this case that live streaming does have some safety implications, that live streaming could be putting out data and location services. And, you know, as the court has said many times, I love when they use this word, they often say that confederates of the stopped would arrive at the scene. There, That is a real issue. And I, and I think that we don't, I don't want to sit here and mitigate that issue. But what the court has said is very simple. The district court, the lower level court, ruled that the town's policy was constitutional, meaning the lower court said, well, they could prevent this live streaming application. But the, it then on appeal went to the Fourth Circuit. And the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals addressed two questions. One, whether the town's policy violated the First Amendment and two, whether Officer Helms violated Mr. Sharp's First Amendment rights by attempting to stop the live stream. Well, let's look at the analysis and the implications of this holding. To survive First Amendment scrutiny, the town was required to show that their policy preventing someone in a stopped vehicle from live streaming their traffic stop is tailored to weighty enough interest. The Fourth Circuit analyzed both claims brought by Sharp. First, in discussing the official capacity claim against the department in the town, the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals determined that the district court's decision to throw out the claim was wrongly decided. In writing their opinion, the circuit court found that the plaintiff had sufficiently alleged that the town of Winterville had a policy barring live streaming one's own traffic stop that existed in violation of the Fourth Amendment. 
Therefore, the claim was remanded back to the Eastern District where the trial court will further evaluate Winterville's declared interest in officer safety. On remand back to the district court, the plaintiff now bears the burden of showing that the Winterville policy exists. If Sharp is successful in making the showing, the burden will shift to Winterville to prove that their policy is not violative of the First Amendment. Now, the interesting part here is that it appears that the town didn't have an actual policy preventing that, and I would be surprised if they did because most of the recording police policies do not get into any application of limiting live streaming recording. So I think when it goes back to the lower level, they will find that great argument, but I don't think they actually have the, the policy that they were alleging was a constitutional deprivation. In making this assertion, the court's reasoning focused on assessing the benefits that live streaming officer-civilian interactions provided. And the court said this, noting that recording police encounters creates information that contributes to the discussion about governmental affairs. And that's always been the basis or cornerstone of the constitutional right to record government officials is that, hey, you know, what they do and how they do it is subject to scrutiny. Next, the court looked at the plaintiff's claim suing Officer Helm in his individual capacity. The opinion acknowledged that the traffic stop and Officer Helm's conduct therein, which was reaching in to attempt to prevent the recording or the live stream recording, was conducted under the policy that purportedly violated the First Amendment. However, at the time of the stop, it was not clearly established that the actions taken by Officer Helm were impermissible under the First Amendment. While prior case law clearly establishes that a person is permitted to record video footage of their encounter with an officer, these decisions did not consider live streaming and only focused on the act of recording. For this reason, this fits truly into the crosshairs of the doctrine of qualified immunity, and in this case, the doctrine of qualified immunity extends to Officer Helm's and Sharp's individual capacity claims fails. So, what's the conclusion at the end of the Fourth Circuit's analysis? Well, the Fourth Circuit emphasized that their decision here is consistent with recent decisions issued by other circuits in the context of First Amendment guarantees and the right to record officer-civilian encounters. The decision in Sharp versus Winterville Police Department further confirms the consensus among the federal courts. First Amendment protections extend to a person's right to film officer encounters and live streaming, at least in the Fourth Circuit, falls within the scope of free speech. So, what's the takeaway? The takeaway here is this. For departments within the jurisdiction of the Fourth Circuit, it's clearly established that recording a live stream video of an officer-civilian encounter is free speech and thus protected by the First Amendment. For departments that are not within the circuit's jurisdiction, the opinion is persuasive authority and suggests that live streaming one's own traffic stop may be permitted. All departments should be on notice that a department policy 
prohibiting live streaming may be unconstitutional. I want to take a second to again focus on what the court said in the Eighth Circuit as we wrap up here in 2021 in a case Ness versus the city of Bloomington. In that case, the case considered video recording on government property. In that case, an individual took photos and videos of a public park and subsequently posted their captures on social media. Following this, the city enacted a policy that prohibited the recording of children in any public park. The Eighth Circuit wrote, The act of recording videos is entitled to First Amendment protection because it is an important stage of the speech process that ends with the dissemination of information about a public controversy. So as you see here in what will be talked about at the 2023 First Amendment Summit and what we've talked about in multiple podcasts is the First Amendment right to record is still strong and it is now includes after February 7, 2023, it now includes allowing live streaming during an active traffic stop. Keeping this all in mind, I'm still wishing and hoping that you stay safe during the, con- during the course of your traffic stop. And as we end all podcasts, remember this, help those who need your help, protect those who need your protection, and most importantly, keep yourself and others safe. Thank you. The Guardian Mindset Podcast is sponsored by the DLG Learning Center. You can find us at www.dlglearningcenter.com. On the Learning Center, you can find an extensive library of articles, webinars, and online training. Listen, if you find the podcast informative, I'd recommend checking out our weekly Path of the Guardian video training and our monthly supervisory continued education program. These programs can be purchased by single users or department-wide. And if you want easy access to articles and information, please download the Daigle Law Group app through either your Apple App Store or your Google App Store. And remember, help those who need your help, protect those who need your protection, and most importantly, keep yourself and others safe. Thank you.